everybody, welcome to Two Out the First. It's February 1st, 2024. I'm Ryan Belgey. Thanks for being here. We're starting the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am today. The Bahrain Championship got underway on the DP World Tour. And we have Liv starting tomorrow with their Mayakoba event to kick off their year. They had their team unveil, what, yesterday, I guess it was, with John Rum's team. It's called Legion 13 with Tyrrell Hatton, a guy who played at the University of Texas, Caleb Surratt. And Kieran Vincent on it. So Liv's kind of put out their team for, or their format for the year. 13 teams of four players. 52 of those committed throughout the whole year. And then they're going to have two quote-unquote unaffiliated wildcard players each tournament. One of those will be the same every tournament. And it's Hudson Swafford. Which is really weird. Because Swafford's under a Liv contract. But he doesn't have a team. And I don't know why he doesn't have a team. I mean, he had a contract. But they could have found a place for him. But I guess with what they chose to do in terms of the people that they signed, the people that they relegated, and the people that they added through the Q school, somehow Hudson Swafford's just the odd guy out. So he only gets to play in the individual stuff. He has no team affiliation. And then there's a wild card that kind of floats. So Laurie Cantor, who's been in a bunch of these, is the one for the first two. But they have not explained how you get to be a wild card or who they pick or how that happens to go alongside Hudson Swafford. And they have this team picture or the, you know, the class of 2024 picture yesterday. And like, that's totally fine. You can do that. that. That's up to you. I mean, there's a lot of amateurs stuff that Liv does between misspelling John Rahm's name multiple times in announcements and releases and graphics to... Not changing the format page for this year. It still says 12 teams and 48 players. Well, surprise, that's not true anymore. To this thing, which is like, oh, it's the class of 2024. But then they missed like three-fourths of the Ironheads team, including the guy who's the captain of it, who is Kevin Na. Like Danny Lee's in there in the back of the picture, smiling. And then there are no other parts of his team there. Like, I have no idea what happened there. Hudson Swafford is not there. He's part of it. He's going to be in every event. Nope, you're not in the picture either. Then you've got uh, Adrian Moronk, who like just signed with them, right? And he doesn't have matching clothes to his team, which is the cliques. Richard Bland isn't even looking at the camera. They look like they're wearing shirts that you get out of like a Michael's craft store and like have someone embroider for you at the mall. It's all very strange. Like it's clearly very much a thrown together enterprise. Yeah. And that kind of leads into the the first topic of today, which is this, I, I thought, surprising statement from Jordan Spieth yesterday at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So he's on the policy board. He replaced Rory McIlroy, right? And it's like halfway into the news conference. He gets asked about... All of the money that's coming in through the strategic sports group investment. And that if the strategic sports group investment comes in, and it has, then with $3 billion available, do you really even need to make a deal with the Saudis? And sure enough, Spieth comes in, I mean, like right off the top rope and says, quote, I don't think it's needed. And you're like, what? And then he explains himself a little bit. 
The interesting thing here is I didn't read the transcript or see it yesterday. It's doing some other stuff. But when I saw it, I saw the quote from an ESPN.com article. And in that article, they kind of mangle the quote a little bit because they go from, I don't think it's needed, end quote, to a later part of what he's talking about. And that part is, quote, the idea is that we have a strategic partner that allows the PGA Tour to go forward the way that it's operating right now without anything else with the option of other investors, end quote, which is an important part of the quote. But they skip the middle part where you're like, hey, wait, there is some, he sees some value in this. And he says, quote, I think the positive would be a unification. But I think that, like I mentioned before, I just think it's something that is almost not even worth talking about right this second, given how timely everything would be to try to get it figured out, end quote. So you've got kind of three things together. The way it was reported, it's, it's almost as though he never said the middle part, which is weird and not true. But then you've got, the beginning and the end, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, maybe that's the way he sees things. And I, that is the way he sees things. What he's thinking is, we've got $3 billion in, in the bag now. And we've got this investor. We have the option to add more because they came in at $3 billion on an, an evaluation of $12 billion. So effectively, they're buying in for 25%. But really, they're buying in for 12.5%. Because they're going to grant $1.5 billion of that money investing equity over time. So, I mean, they're going to get some of it, but not all of it kind of deal. So there's that, right? And I think it's it's fascinating that that was the, the response for him to go, well, yeah, I guess we really, we don't need the Saudis. We don't need them. We don't need their money. Because between what you know on paper, the you know the $3 billion investment announced yesterday from Strategic Sports Group, and Jay Monahan saying, oh, by the way, we also had other unsolicited investments that suggested a valuation of $20 billion that were willing to pump money into this thing, and we could go back to them putting that out there. I, I think the suggestion that a, a good number of players think we don't need the Saudis is legitimate. And I think it also flies in the face of what Rory McIlroy said earlier in the week, which is, I don't want a punishment for the live guys. I want them to come back. I want everyone to come back. I want everyone under one roof. Well, this sounds like, hey, we we don't necessarily need the Saudis' money, and we don't need live to come back and muddy up the schedule. We like things the way they are. We've got an investor that is cool with the things the way they are. We'll get to that in a second. And... We could just keep doing business this way, take on another investor, and say, forget it to the Saudis. And, yeah, it's kind of right. I mean, they, they could do it this way. They go take on another American-based investor and call it a day. Now, that's part of it. There are a couple things to take from that. One, Strategic Sports Group and the Saudis may have work together that has more to do than golf. Right? I don't know why you would need an investment in golf to make that happen. And I, I think that's a weird thing that's been put out there. Like, well, well, the, the public investment fund really wants to work with strategic sports group outside of golf. Well, why does that have to cost billions of dollars? It doesn't. They could just call each other on the phone or Zoom and work that out. So people who put that logic out there, I don't think you really understand how business works. 
if you're putting that logic out there, then I, I understand what you're saying, and you you can be correct. But that doesn't require a multi-billion-dollar investment in the PGA Tour. That does not have to happen. So put that to the side for a second. Second thing is, I think, and I think Eamon Lynch wrote about this in his Golf Week column, and I thought it was very, very much spot on about this. And it goes to a point Max Homa made in response to a question from uh, my friend Adam Fonseca, whose Golf Unfiltered podcast airs on GNN Radio. Uh, you can listen to it yourself as a, a subscription if you want. But he asked, like, what to Max specifically, what does the fan get out of this? We talked about this yesterday. Like, you lose. You're you're losing right now. And you you haven't gotten anything out of this. Well, Max says, and I think the right point is, these people that have invested through Strategic Sports Group are not a charity. They are not granting the money. They are investing the money. They intend to get a return on their investment and not a return that's non-financial necessarily. I mean, maybe that's part of it. But they want synergies with the sports they already own, the sports teams they already own, the leagues they already have a piece of. Many of these people are involved in TGL, so they want some piece of that. So there is some non-monetary benefit here, at least non-direct, indirect monetary. But they also want a return on their investment, at actual money back to grow. So they want more than the $3 billion. They want $10 billion over due time. And that's a long horizon. Versus the Saudis who are willing to chunk four, five, ten billion dollars out of the public investment fund coffers in the hopes that will ultimately net them much more than that in business development to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. That's the long play. Golf is not that important, right? I mean, whether you think it's sports washing to wash their reputation or it's sports sports washing to get people to be comfortable investing with them. Take it either way. I think it's more the latter. So for them, their investment purposes and horizon are a little different. But for the strategic sports group, they want their money. They want it back plus gains. So what they're going to do is they're going to come in, just like any venture capital firm, and go, hey, we've got money, we are the money, and we're going to clean some stuff up around here. So we are going to make the television product better. We are going to make the fan experience in person better. We are going to clear out some bloated salaries. We are going to get rid of people who don't we don't feel like are really doing anything. We're going to lean, make this machine a little bit leaner, and we're going to make the product a little bit better. And hopefully all of that means more people watch, more people show up in person, more merch is sold, all of those types of things, and somehow they get a piece of all of that. That's what they that's what Max is saying. And I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. How that all lines up yet? We don't know and you don't know, right? And I don't think the players know. I'm not even sure Strategic Sports Group exactly knows yet what they're going to do. But they know they've got that charge, right? That dual mandate of make money, and if you do a good job with the product, you'll make more money, right? So you've got that piece of it, and that kind of comes back to Spieth going, hey, you know, we don't need the Saudi money. We can keep doing things the way we've been doing them. Clean it up a little bit. And not have to integrate live. Not have to bring players back. And Christian Bezadenhoy brought up something interesting, I thought. And I think it's a separate piece. I think he was talking to ESPN specifically. But he said that he doesn't believe in McElroy's comments. He doesn't agree with them. 
that the live players should just be welcomed back and that there's probably a good chunk of the PGA Tour membership and population that doesn't want that to happen. Either they don't want him back at all or they want him back with a penalty, some kind of penalty. Whatever that is, I, I don't know, and I don't even know how you can enforce it, it depending on what you came up with. But they want a penalty. And McElroy, I think, because he's kind of changed his tune on the subject kind of out of nowhere, but he, he tends to do this, and we've talked about this before. He's a peacemaker kind of guy. He he will speak his mind, but then he'll go back to somebody and say, hey, you know, let's just work things out. And then he's kind of on that end of things right now because he's been talking to Hatton and Rom and saying, look, you, you know, I understand what you got to do. Take the money, blah, blah, blah. And then go and say, man, I really, I love the Ryder Cup. I love playing with those guys. I want him back. I want them to be able to play. Don't penalize them if we get this whole thing together. Well, then you've got Bezayden Hoy's like, forget that. And then you've got Spieth going, well, we don't even need the Saudi money. We don't need that deal. We've got the money we need. We've got the better product, in his opinion. And we're we're good. We're good to go. And we can go take more investor money. We don't need all that Saudi money. He probably has a point. But the thing that he talks about here, the unification. The positive would be a unification. So, okay. if Let's just take... I mean, he is not the singular being in all of this, right? But if that point of view is the prevalent one, then the next step is to say, okay, if that's the POV of the PGA Tour and its players, in the main, not not across the board, but in the main, then the negotiation with the Saudis takes on the turn that I thought it would, which is, we've got this money, we can get more money, we've got leverage now. Yeah, you signed away John Rahm, yeah, you signed Tyrrell Hatton, good for you. See how many people watch this weekend. If no one watches, guess what? You just flush that money down the toilet. So if you want to work with us, you're going to do it on our terms. We're killing live. We're doing this. We're doing that. Whatever the, that punch list of demands is. And now you're butting heads with, all right, we've got the money we need, and we've got all kinds of other advantages in terms of distribution, in terms of existing fan base, product, additional money available, blah, blah, blah. And lives really sole advantage is the cash because the product itself is not a, a draw and the, you can think what you want about the I don't care what your opinion is about the quality of live golf or as a product inside or outside the ropes it hasn't latched on enough to be a legitimate threat so the the big threat of the Saudis is the money and if the PGA Tour and its players and its board go and say, yeah, well, you know what? The money isn't as valuable to us now. We've got the money. We can get more money. Does that change this negotiation? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Obviously, I'm not privy to that. I'm not in the, the boardrooms and not in those phone calls. It could be. Or it could just be yet another step on a path to an ultimate deal. I, I don't know. But I don't think Spieth would have said this in public off the cuff. I think Spieth is polished enough as a person to know saying that has meaning. And someone else will hear that. So I think he does not say that on a whim. And I think you need to know that is an important 
statement. Now, put that to the side for a minute. Go back to what Max Homa said in his tweet. And then I want to take you to what Colin Morikawa said a few days ago. And wrote about this today for GolfNewsNet.com. And tried to get back to doing a bunch of stuff that I need to do the last couple of days. Because we're putting together things on the TV side. And might have some really cool news about that today, apparently. So, But we'll talk about that later. Hopefully once I have that in hand. Anyhow. So, Morikawa talks on Tuesday. You know, he's got a news conference. He's, he's really good with the media. He likes to talk. He's won already in the last, what, he won in October, I guess it was. So he's won fairly recently. You know, he's got ties to the area, won a major in San Francisco, you know, all that type of stuff. So he's in the media center, and he, he gets the long-form long interview treatment. And multiple times, this is kind of comes up out of his mouth, talking about how to improve the product of the PGA Tour. And specifically, how many freaking ads there are watching golf. And he finally just opens up and says, look, we need to do something about this. And then kind of implies that maybe with this new money, we can do something about it. So it kind of talks about it in two different spots. But the takeaway quote, the kind of easy, frameable quote that we're putting out on social media graphics and stuff is, quote, well, I mean, you first need to see more golf shots. Like, that's like the number one bullet point, end quote. And he explains, quote, I turn on golf on a Thursday if I play early. I turn it on, I see three golf shots and playing then a commercial, and I question why, end quote. So he knows the experience is not fun for most golf fans tuning in on a Thursday, Friday, early Saturday, and early Sunday where they pump in the commercials, front load them, then get some at the end, but they really front load them, and they make it kind of brutal to get into the flow of the tournament. And that's before you even start talking about how many players they actually cover, how much stuff they do that's superfluous to the, the actual tournament itself. And Morikawa, I think, is very cognizant that and I don't think this is intended as a shot at live at all, but the idea of golf but different, or you know, whatever you want to call it, that golf can't be different. At the end of the day, golf is golf. And however you choose to play it, single format, team format, match play, stroke play, there's still golf shots being hit, a lot of time between shots, that, you know, we're not tackling people, stuff like that, that that's not happening, so... While you can have formats that are more exciting than others, golf's still golf. So the answer to that isn't necessarily changing golf. It's making it, highlighting the best of it. So he says, quote, look, golf's not going to be as high speed, body contact, people tackling. That's just golf, right? But I think most fans understand that. Like, I'm not going to go dance down the fairway or celebrate differently on a birdie putt on the sixth hole on Friday. But just seeing birdie putts and seeing more shots, it's going to bring more viewers in because you can actually watch golf, right? You can't change what golf is. You can't change the aspect of we've got 18 holes. If you've got players to start on Thursday, you've got to have two waves, all this stuff. You can't change that, right? But you can change the fact of seeing more golf shots, and that's a big part of actually saying, I want to go watch golf, right? And that nails it. That, that is absolutely true, right? People want to see golf shots. They want to see golf being played. They don't want to see conversations with sponsors. Hey, that's cool. Thank you for putting up the money. But 
a, a two, three-minute spiel in the booth with Nance or Dan Hicks. It ain't doing it. That's not why I'm going to support your brand. And that's just got to move on. But if you show me golf shots and you show me more than like two or three, and they're not just putts, and you string together a story about how players are competing, show, an, show a player competing in an entire hole. It could be on tape delay. That's totally fine. If it's right after it happens, like, hey, here's uh, the, here's how Rory McIlroy played the sixth hole at Pebble. Every shot, pew, 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 putt, bang, cool. Now I can see how he plays. Get a little in depth, catch a little on the mic, talk with Harry Diamond how they're strategizing. I, I would love to see that kind of thing. That kind of stuff is what's going to draw people in. To that end, I know we're weaving back and forth between things today. We're not really doing two topics today. We're kind of doing how to make golf on TV better, and also maybe you don't need the Saudi money. I guess those are the two topics. But anyway, so to that end, Live Today has announced a deal with a, an Australian production company called PYM. But really, they're touting PYM's relationship with Google Cloud and Google AI as, a, as an idea of trying to be able to do two things. One, track statistics of every single shot so have their form of shot link because they don't have that now they just have basically people with clipboards tracking statistics and that that's not particularly helpful for viewers for betters any of those types of things and then you'll be able ultimately to use google cloud to deliver the opportunity to watch every shot from every golfer in a round on live live so you can follow a golfer's entire round which, that is a good thing. That is objectively a good thing. Now, the PGA Tour has done this a couple of times before. They do it at the players. Really, that's it. Where they show every shot from every player in the field, and you can watch every player compete as they go in real time. You do it with the Masters. It's wonderful, right? But the PGA Tour had said when they debuted this concept that it was going to take them a few years to be able to transition to every shot live. This might speed them up. I hope it does. Because being able to have every shot live, whether that's part of the PGA Tour Live subscription, whether that's a different product, I, I think you could do it under PGA Tour Live. But however you do it, being able to do that would make so many golf fans happy. I cannot tell you. I, I cannot tell you how many people I've talked to over the years. Like, Why can't I just follow a player I want to follow or like five players I want to follow his rounds? Shot after shot after shot in one single broadcast feed. And for one, the bandwidth would be crazy. The data transfer would be crazy. That's the hard part. That's where what's where cloud comes in. That's where that, whether you're doing Google Cloud or Azure or AWS, which AWS is the partner of the PGA Tour. However you're storing it and transmitting it, that's a lot. So if you can do that, and you can, then you've delivered the ultimate customizable product to your fan base. And we might not all be watching a golf tournament in the same way from that point onward, but you could still have your main feed, you could still have your main telecast, you could have your side stuff, pick my favorite golfers, bang, 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 shot, 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 shot. It would be amazing. So hopefully, if nothing else out of all of this, you get a better TV product. Because we've heard enough times today from the, the pros themselves and from the PGA Tour's competition, that they're going to try to do something to make the, the watching experience better. That's how you draw more people into this. 
more people than I care to hear from say, I love taking a nap watching golf. Do you know why? Because they don't show enough golf and they make it kind of boring. If they made it more exciting, a little bit faster paced, and showed more shots, it'd be a better spot sport to watch on TV. 100%. So if nothing else comes out of all of this, hopefully what comes out of it is a better viewing experience for you and me. And if that happens, uh, I'm not saying all of this was worth it, but at least there'd be a benefit. All right, it's going to do it for us today on the show. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Make sure to check us out on GNN Radio. We just finished our, let's see, January month, right? So this was our first full month last year, our first month last year on iHeart. So far, the numbers that have come in looks like we're going to do 200 to 250% over that number from last year, which is really exciting. I uh, appreciate you listening and tuning into this. It means a lot to me. Hopefully I have some more announcements for you about the TV side. Uh, it sounds like I'm going to get some news today, so hopefully good. And we'll work. Uh, we'll keep on working at this. We'll do a show tomorrow. Probably a re- little bit of a recap of some things that have it on the course. And hopefully we get some interesting weather, but it sounds like the weather forecast at Pebble's calming down. So we'll get into that. And we'll see what the new look Pebble Beach Pro-Am looks like, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. I'm on Twitter, Threads, X, Instagram, at Blue Sky, at Ryan Balangy. I'm on Facebook and YouTube at Ryan Balangy Golf. I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Two Off the First.